I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampling Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, usually in Toronto, but sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of subjects, with the one restriction being that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. It cannot be their job to know the thing. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. This is the Trampling Hall podcast. Uh, the way the podcast works is we're doing it in short six-week seasons. So uh, once a week, we will be releasing one lecture out into the world for six weeks. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll do a another uh, micro season in a couple months or so. Uh, in this season, all the lectures were chosen by Margot Williamson. She went back through the vast trampoline hall archives and chose six lectures to use in the podcast. Uh, if you like the podcast and you're in Toronto, you should check out the live show. You can uh, visit our website and get on the email list to find out more about that. But now is the time for this episode's lecture. As always, it might contain mature language. Uh, in this episode, the topic is emo and the lecturer is Julianne Wilding. Hi, I'm here to tell you the very real truth about why we have the music genre emo. It's important to me that I preface the information I'm about to share with you by making it known that I'm in no way a fan of emo music, nor have I ever been. My interest in the subject is from a cultural standpoint. Um, in fact, in preparing to speak to you today, I listened to the music of a number of bands who identify as emo, and on average, my tolerance was 23 seconds of any given song. Um, so, where did emo music come from? Sure, the 80s and 90s, but why did it happen? Firstly, I'll define emo for you so that you have a more clear idea of what I'm talking about. Described as sappy, wussy, cheesy, plaintive, introspective, burning heartbreak, dark thoughts, struggle with moods, insecure, sexual frustration, unable to have sex, hard on sleeve, and anguished. Emo is a style of music defined by expressive, often emotionally confessional, 
intense lyrics, pain, expressions of emotional devastation, nostalgia, pain, <laughs> romantic bitterness, poetic desperation, self-searching, pain, and emotional release. It's also described as sensitive boy machismo driven by lyrics that are personal, immediate, and lived, often coming directly from the pages of one's journal. Over-the-top lyrics about feelings wedded to dramatic but still kind of punk music. Somber music accompanied by a shy narrator singing very seriously about mundane problems. Boy-driven, overly sensitive, overly brainy college music about emotionally manipulative, messy sex, and pubescent insecurities. Sounds like the 90s to me. The emo boy is shy, sensitive, introverted, angst-ridden, self-focused, inactive, depressed, unsure, morose, bitter, sad, but still hardcore. The thesis of emo can be summed up as the following. She is beautiful. I am weak, dumb, useless, and shy. I am alone, but surprisingly poetic when alone. So where did these boys all come from? And yes, they're all boys. Emo is an extremely androcentric genre. I examined the current and former lineups of over 160 bands who self-identified as emo, and in a roster of 800 to 1,200 musicians, only eight were female. Eight. Why? <clears throat> from a historical standpoint, music nerds seem to agree that the first emo bands emerged from the hardcore scene in Washington, D.C. in the mid-1980s. Rites of Spring are often heralded as the first emo band, quickly followed by Embrace. But both bands reject any association between themselves and the term emo, calling it retarded, dumb, so stupid. <laughs> Yet they were distinct from their hardcore brethren. In their musical content was a shift from extroverted rage to internal turmoil. Despite not being able to admit it, these bands and others were hugely influential, and this new realm of emo snowballed around them in Washington, the Midwestern and Central US, with a focus on Florida, New Jersey, and Long Island. Some may argue it was simply suburban angst and American ennui which spurned these sensey boys on. I don't really care about the bands themselves or the music. I'd like to talk about another American history. <clears throat> Let's talk about combined oral contraceptives, or as we commonly know it, the pill. The pill was legalized for use in the United States in 1960, beginning in New York and spreading from there over the East Coast, Washington, D.C., the mid-central U.S., with Connecticut being the last state to legalize it became immensely popular immediately after being legalized. I don't have to tell you how many millions of women used the pill ingesting synthetic estrogens on a daily basis 
and excreting it back into the waterways for 55 years now. But there is something you need to know about the type of estrogens used in the pill. These are female sex hormones, yes, but they are synthesized on a negative feedback loop. So they have the opposite effect as they would if you were, for example, taking hormone replacement therapy or fertility hormones. That's how the pill prevents women from ov ovulating. The negative looping female sex hormone eliminates the growth of an egg. Cool. <laughs> but what else is it doing? The most common estrogen in contemporary birth control is called etheroestradiol, or EE2. Effects of prolonged intake of estradiol on a negative feedback loop include headaches, migraines, dizziness, confusion, bad mood, lowered serotonin, mental depression, nervousness, anxiety, lowered sex drive, mood disturbances, irritability, the urge to write angsty poetry. <laughs> okay, the last one was a joke. Or was it? <laughs> These negative effects are just a small price women are expected to pay in order to have contraceptive control, and they can be assisted or nullified with the use of chocolate, alcohol, weed, or other pills. But what is the result of prolonged use of estradiol on not women? Estradiol is extremely difficult, that is, way too expensive, to remove from wastewater, which carries it back into waterways, into food sources, and back into the system to be consumed by you and your sons. <laughs> of course, these are trace amounts of hormones, especially compared to what women are consuming firsthand each day. But these trace amounts compounded over 10, 15, 20, 25 years, including prenatal, well in utero, postnatal, are bound to have an effect. Take into consideration other sources of environmental estrogen, cattle, other agricultural sources, the farming of soy, prevalent food additives, plastic bottles that leach estrogen compounds, and you have a pretty strong case for hormonal pollution. Even scientists who negate the possibility of estradiol being strong enough to have an effect, agree that estrogen pollution from other sources is a problem, and they've seen these contaminants affect the fertility of wildlife. The effect on human populations is always described as uncertain, or untested, or complex. But if you're taking numerous hits of something, anything, even at a very low dose, its effect is bound to be felt, or heard. So let's talk now about the effect of estradiol on males. It's described in science journals as too complicated, which means we're not ready yet. <laughs> now, while naturally occurring estrogen levels in males are much lower than in women, estrogens do have functions in males and therefore males have estrogen receptors. Like all steroid hormones, estrogens readily diffuse across the cell membrane, and once inside the cell, they bind to and activate estrogen receptors, which in turn bind to DNA and modulate the expression of many genes. Estradiol acts like a fist in a palm, holding on tight. 
when interacting with estrogen receptors and can alter hormonal activity. Hormones are agonists, that means they act. So to assume that an excess of hormones in human drinking water won't have some weird effect seems naive and short-sighted. I think we can all agree that estrogen is very powerful. <laughs> now I wanna be clear, I'm not suggesting that emo boys are on their way to becoming androgynous or female or even that they are sexually confused regarding gender or orientation. Hormonal effects are distinct from the definition of male anatomical sex or male bodies. Gender expression, gender identity, and sexual orientation are widely accepted as distinct concepts. Sex hormones are very clearly one thing with a function and a purpose. For example, testosterone on the Y chromosome activates the SOX9 protein which grows you a pair. In a controlled environment, testosterone biologically expresses itself with restricted emotions, sex disconnected from intimacy, pursuit of achievement and status, self-reliance, strength, courage, independence, assertiveness, activity, confidence. Even when you consider the aesthetic of emo, tight-fitting dark clothing, excessive use of eyeliner, hair straightening tools, long bangs for the shy boy to hide behind, it's not exactly feminine, it's something else. I see it as a sort of cultural mutation, and I'm sure there are others. So why has estradiol affected these few thousand young men in this manner and not all the other men? I don't know. I don't know what their mothers were doing when they were in utero. I don't know what the particular effects of suburban American angst have done in combination with hormone pollution and their particular personalities. But we see the effects in over 160 bands, <laughs> predominantly American, who self-identify as emo. It's another interesting correlation that within emo populations, there are a high number of vegetarians and vegans, which leads me to believe that the influx of estradiol has left them as subtle subconscious estrogen addicts, craving tofu and soy, needing more and more estrogen. <laughs> so they can write songs with titles such as, Diary. In my diary. Read my diary. I read your diary. <laughs> Full collapse. I'm broken hearted on the floor. Cute without the E. <laughs> Buried myself alive. A box full of sharp objects. I hate myself. Do you still hate me? <laughs> Nothing feels good. Why are you so mean to me? See you in hell. Designing a nervous breakdown. If I told you this was killing me, would you stop? If I told you this was killing me, would you, would you, would you stop? Thank you. Julianne Wilding, ladies and gentlemen.
You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are there any questions? Oh, yes, on the aisle, yes. Um, do you have any predictions for the next generation? Uh, if, you know, if they successfully reproduce, what are the chances? So in the unlikely event that the emo generation reproduces, <laughs> do you want to know like what, what musically will happen with their offspring? Or in any way, what will happen with musically or hormonally or in terms of hairstyles? I don't know. I think like such a lack of confidence um, and depression would either lead to one of two outcomes, either no children or children who are given testosterone supplements from birth and become like super masculine he-men. All right, so that's what you have to look, off, look forward to is the He-Man <laughs> descendants of the emo bands who will inevitably reproduce. It's, it's, it follows logically. Yes. Anything else? Any other questions? Any other questions? Yes, you, sir. Yeah. What is keeping yourself in emo music for so long due to your soul? What did it do to your soul to spend so much time listening to emo music? Well, it was really rough. Um, I bought three chocolate bars after. Um, called my weed dealer... Uh, paced a lot. Honestly, I listened to some of the music, but I'm, I was being serious when I said I turned it off. The hardest part was actually researching all the bands and, fi- and just looking at men's names over and over again. Joshua, Kevin, John, Eric, Derek, Nathan, 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 Josh, Josh. <laughs> it was insane. I was like desperately looking for any name that could even be like, you know, unisex, like Alex or... <laughs> so it's not even, there aren't even guys named Chris in emo bands. There's like nothing. There's some Chris. There's a okay. lot of Joshua's, a okay. lot of Eric's and Derek's, a lot of Nathan's. There's a lot of brother teams, and there's also a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians. Yeah. It's really, it, a lot of bands who identify as Christian rock also identify as emo. <laughs> Yeah, really? that's true. Yep. Well, okay. All right. I actually, all right. And what, do, you, do you have a sense? Why do you think there are, like, why are there, okay, I'm going to take that one at a time. Why do you think there are so many brother bands? Because they're forced to spend time together. 
<laughs> what do you mean? Like they like, have no friends, right. but their brother is in the same house. So. Right. So they right. If you can't leave the home, you're the only person you can start a band with. I suppose is the guy who lives with you. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, well, you, and you said you found like 160 bands who self-identified as emo. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't know. I didn't know any bands. I always. I know, I've never even. Enc- I thought emo was just something that people called other people accusingly. But there are people who. Well, they learned to capitalize on it in the 90s and the early aughts. It became a thing, and then there was a there was a like a comeback, which I didn't. I thought it was kind of agreed upon that. <laughs> We'd moved past that, but I guess there was a resurgence and like comeback tours and reunion tours. Right. Yeah. So there's like a second emo wave or whatever. There was a second that. wave, yeah. All right, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's something I did not know. Okay, yes, uh, yes, you back there. Yes, you, sir. What do middle-aged emo, what, what do the older emo bands look like now? Like the earlier bands are maybe now in their like 30s or 40s. Like. Well, the only ones that are really old enough pretend that they're not emo, but they just, they look like your average hardcore dude, you know, like messy hair, a baggy t-shirt, skinny, vegetarian. So, so you get, so in fact, so, so, all right, so, so indistinguishable from just a normal hardcore dude. <laughs> so, be, so be careful, my hardcore friend. All right. But so that's okay. So, so, but is there any, is there any way if, if you're trying, if he's trying to spot them, is there anything he could look for that would help or is it just um i guess just like lots of black clothing and hair over the eyes they're shy <laughs> all right so there you go so still shy yes you ma'am yes um you spoke about the artists being predominantly male is there any indication of the fan base being predominantly right. what about the audience are there just men in the audience or are there, are there oh girls yeah the fan base is totally mixed there's lots of girls and women who like emo as a thing. And they're described as sometimes even crying at shows. The men and the women sometimes go to emo shows and openly weep. So I guess, uh, I guess it's poetry to them. Does that answer your question? <laughs> okay, so there you go. So what do you have, like, is it about half and half, or do you have a? Well, I don't know for sure if it's half and half, but um, I think that part of what led the emo bands to keep going was that they could see girls in the audience, so even though they didn't talk to them or have intimate relations with them, they could see that they were there. Excellent. uh, Yes, 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 you bet. What's your antidote to that music? Do you mean like what's a cure for it, or like what kind sonically of sonically an antidote? Sonic, sonic antidote, right? Oh, like cats purring. <laughs> <laughs> that's really unexpected. That was that's the opposite. Really, that's you're like you're like what could what could be you're like what could undo this like overly estrogen mutated thing I've been listening to, and you're like purring cats. Yeah, well, it's not real estrogen and it's right. not a feminine sound right it's sort of demented and made me feel anxious right and i didn't even complete a single song right 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 okay okay so, so i needed not... i need something like soothing you know like maybe classical ballet music <laughs> just 
A person and a piano. <laughs> Maybe with a cat on the piano. Sure. Purring while, while the guy plays the piano would be the, okay. And, and, and okay, and I want to I want to understand more about this. Is there, is there, I want to understand more about like this distinction where, so the problem with the music isn't, like if it were just, estrogen-fueled music, then maybe that would be okay, but it's this es estradiol. Well, it's, it's the fact that the hormones are on a negative feedback loop as opposed to a positive feedback loop. Okay. So the hormones are essentially, in layman's terms, the hormones are reversed, so they have the opposite effect that they have in nature. So if you just had straight up estrogen and you're just like popping estrogen all the time, right. then you'd start to exhibit more feminine qualities, right. both physically and possibly mentally. Right. But because it's on a negative feedback loop, it does this other weird thing right. called emo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for putting that in layman's terms for us. I appreciate it. All right, anything else? Any other questions that people had? Anything else people want to know? Yes, yeah, in the back, yeah. What about the other hormone? The other hormone is what art in the pill is artificial progesterone? Yeah, progesterone. From what I could tell in the research that I did, it pretty much is doing the same thing. Um, there are different types of pills and different doses because different women's bodies accept them differently and some women can't handle the type of estrogens that are in the more mainstream pills. Um, but it's pretty much the same thing. But that's the what that's the that's the that's well, the makes you makes you think you're pregnant. That's what all birth control pills do, actually. But it's kind of, again, it's in this really like shady backdoor way. It makes your body think that you've already produced and dropped your egg by not allowing you to produce an egg. They all do that. All all the pills. You can see why that would make a teenage boy feel weird like when you put it that way that seems that makes more sense to me like the idea of oh when i think of it as like the the, the regular estrogen i'm like oh that might just make him feminine but if it makes yeah. him think that he's already dropped his eggs <laughs> and therefore needn't produce another one i can see why that would produce fucked up music like that makes that that somehow drove it home for me i'm not sure i think that originally the men i mean i think they're still confused but i think that on a subconscious level they don't know what's happening and at the very beginning they rejected it, that's why they were like, no, we're hardcore, emos for losers. But then as time went on, like in the 80s, you gotta think like, okay, these men have been drinking the water for like, whatever, 20, yeah, no, 30 yeah, no. years. Yeah. And then as time goes on, and they've been drinking the water for more and more time, their subconscious minds become more open to the idea. And they're like, yeah, it's okay that I'm emo, cause it's, it's cool, right? And like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll meet a girl one day. Who likes my song? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, you, sir, yeah. Has there been any spread of emo to other countries and cultures, other languages? Did you notice that in your research? Is, has it spread to other countries or cultures, yeah, other does languages? It, does it map on the countries that have also seen a high spike in using the And specifically, does it correlate with the use of oral contraceptives in other countries? Well, there was a little bit of it in England and Europe, but they kind of rejected it right away and they're like, this music's not good. And then um, more recently in Japan, there's been a bit of emo, but 
I don't think it's so much based on the pill as it is that Japanese culture really loves American culture. So they're just like, this is a thing that Americans did for a while in the 90s. Look how weird and dumb it is. And it suits our hair. <laughs> so, I figure it. so it can either be caused by, a hor by hormones or just having naturally, naturally floppy hair. Those are the two. All right, okay. All right, does that answer your question? I believe it does. Was there anything else you wanted? <laughs> anything else you wanted to know? Any other questions? I thought I saw a hand up. Yeah, yes, yes, you, sir. <laughs> was, there, was there ever a moment when you thought, this song's okay? Um, okay, admittedly, one of the bands that doesn't self-identify as emo but has been called emo is the band Weezer, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Maybe? Sure. Anyway, their album Pinkerton was like heralded as one of the best emo albums of all time, and I was like, oh, I like that album. And I didn't know it was emo. And then I read this interview with um, their lead singer who apparently after that album came out, he totally rejected that album and was like, this was a huge mistake. I feel so bad that I did this. I can't believe that I put out this album. I'm so embarrassed, which is a really typical emo yeah. response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of surprised. Um, I, I like that album. I think it's their best album. <laughs> well, maybe, we, maybe we'll end on that, on that paradoxical note. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Julianne Wilding. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was originally chosen by Zenia Benavolsky. All the episodes this season were handpicked by Margot Williamson. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Kate Bars is the coordinating producer. Our podcast intern is Quinton Bradshaw. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a rating or review on iTunes? It really helps us out a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.